On this team, we fight for that itch. On this team, we tear ourselves and everyone else around us to pieces for that itch. Coming in at 320 kilobytes per second, ladies and gentlemen, it's time for Maddie C. Sports for you and me. All right, everybody, Matty C Sports for you and me. Uh, he says he's not a legend in the enforcing game in Boston, but unfortunately you have that title. Uh, PJ Stock, number 42, Boston Bruins. Just one badass dude and wicked chill dude, too. So good morning, PJ. How are you? I'm great. I'm, it's, I'm great. Thanks for having me on. It's, uh, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm softer. I'm calmer. It's a different time. It's no more fighting. Life is grand, except for kids doing everything for me. But besides that, life's good. So are you getting that positive vibe, like the nice vibe from Riley Cote? Did he teach you some lessons about just being Zen? <laughs> no, I think he's <laughs> his own. I think he's him and his yoga are different. I'm, uh, I'm not a yoga guy. My problem is with, you know, talking to Riley, my man, he played so hard. Um, my thing is I, keep, I have to keep myself moving or keep myself doing something. He does yoga. I can't sit in a position long enough to turn my brain off. You know, I'm always thinking of something, <laughs> yeah. whatever. So, uh, but it's more positive thoughts now, you know, back when I was playing, I was, my brain was always working away. Like, Oh shit. Who's on the other team tonight? Uh, Oh shit. They have Rashir, they have Oliwa, they have Domi, they have Probert. Uh, now it's more different about, ah, my stupid kids, you know, didn't put this away or my stupid kids. So uh, kidding, but I have four kids and they're all teenagers. So that's my, and the fact that I'm in a room by myself and they're not here and then no one's yelling at me, I'm Zen. That's cool, man. And you got to have you time and, said earlier i mean you you had a battle station right next to you where you know you're having tvs and you're watching i don't know like million games a year i mean you're watching different teams and i'm sure you're rooting for the ones you played for a little bit more like boston yeah. or montreal or i mean it was I, a crazy playoffs this year yeah i was i'm actually in my uh funny enough i work for hockey night in canada uh, which for people in the States, it's, uh, it's like your Monday night football type of thing. It was Saturday nights and it was, mm -hmm. uh, the, I did that for uh, about a decade. And, uh, you know, I used to, have, you know, you have to know more than everybody else. So I, I'm in a room right now that used to be my, my office and it would be, a, I got two TVs right behind you and I'd have the one game going on, which is normally Montreal, Toronto or Boston were pretty much the three. And then the other TV, which was other main game it was but there was a seven o'clock game and a 10 o'clock game every night uh and there was two tvs going so it was it was a lot of hockey i used to watch a lot of hockey. i used to love it um the game was a little bit different i think today it's a little bit more of the same game every night uh but yeah i had my space this was my quiet space and as i mentioned my kids they've taken it over so now it's a gym so it's pretty much <laughs> a gym about the tvs uh no more space for me to sit down unless i want to sit on a treadmill or a roller 
but uh, it's my Zen room, I guess you can say. But I watch, you know, great playoffs. I I have friends now uh, that I played with, and that's why I, I want to win. Um, right. Going, I'm in Boston. It's amazing that team that I, one of the teams that I played on, how successful some of the guys are after hockey. But and those are the guys that I cheer for. Whether it's Bill Guerin, who's a general manager of uh, the Wild, uh, Donnie Sweens, who's got your bees. You know, Joe Thornton still playing. Glenn Murray, Sean O'Donnell are with the LA Kings. Marty Lapointe is working with the Canadians. Uh, I think you guys also have access in working with you guys in Boston. Uh, yes. Yeah. Is he so it's general manager. No, actually, is I think you with the uh, European scouting. I believe I'm. I'm not sure, but uh, yeah. So I encourage, and I'm a fan of of teams that I played for, but also guys that I played with. Yeah, and you you played with a bunch of superstars in Boston, and you got at the time you were with the rookies phenom now of one of my favorite players of all time, Patrice Bergeron. So, yeah. I mean, what was it like to see him in his his rookie seasons and stuff like that? Well, he's you know one thing about Bergeron is that I a lot of people you talk about him as a player, uh, and it's. Um, he's such a better person than he is a player and he's one of the best players in the league or in sorry in the world he's one of the best players in the world but what makes him special to me is that he's just an amazing human being and i think that's what you know when people are, are going to be uh their careers move on and you know they move into something else and patrice can only play for a few more years hopefully another decade uh mm -hmm. but i think what he's going to be remembered for is just what a great human being and leader he was you know, the goals, the, the penalty killing, the face-offs, the, the great line of him, Pasternak, and Marshawn. Yeah, you're going to remember that. But I think you're just going to remember what a great human being he was. And I, I think, um, you know, I go back and look at his career. You, you, when he started out, he was just really smart. And you obviously you see that today. He's really smart and now confident and all that. And uh, what an amazing career. And you can see that at a young age. Marty LaPointe did a lot to take him in that first year. Uh, so give Marty LaPointe a lot of credit with that as well. But I think good players are one thing, but good people rise to the top. So uh, you knew he was going to be successful. And, I mean, you were with the Bruins for a short time from 2000, 2001 to 2004. So mm -hmm. with your time in Boston, like, when you first – like, what what's it like when you first started to, like, that point? Like, I mean, you you were known for your – your enforcer type, your, your fighting and stuff, but it's mainly you stuck up for your team. And that's what everybody in Boston loved about you is because you had so much like, like respect for, you know, not only your teammates, but other players. And, you know, as I can see when you had interviews with, you know, the nasty knuckles crew, but um, you know, the Boston love for you is like immense. It's huge. And you're still well known there. So like, I know it started way before that. So compared from when you started to now, like what, what's it like, what's it like reflecting back on those times? Uh, I think, you know, I'm, I'm in my basement right now, as I said, it used to be an office, which is now a gym, which is now whatever, but I look behind me. I didn't have a long career. I got hurt. I, uh, my well, I, after my seventh year, I had a surgery on my eye and I retired, but I have, you know, Montreal Jersey, a Bruins Jersey behind the camera. I got a Flyers Jersey and a Rangers Jersey. And, um, you know, 
I never thought I'd play a game ever. My dream growing up was always to get a scholarship to the States. That's just growing up in my house. My dad, we watched Notre Dame football every Saturday. And, you know, that was that. And the way they told their stories, that was a, a dream of a goal of ours was to one day get a scholarship to the States. Never thought of playing pro. So I ended up going to Canadian university and after a year of Canadian, actually funny story. I don't know how many people in Boston know this, but I was a defenseman. Uh, my pretty much my entire life. I was a defenseman. I was a defenseman in junior. Uh, towards the tail, my last year in junior, they moved me forward to play with a, a, a young kid and kind of be like a shutdown center. And I went to, uh, from there, I went to a Canadian University as uh, a forward. And a year after that, I'm playing pro hockey. And the experiences I had, you know, Starting off with New York, I never thought I'd play a game in the American Hockey League, uh, let alone the NHL. And here I am playing with Wayne Gretzky at MSG, uh, which was the craziest experience considering I'm coming from a, a tiny university of about 5,000 people in like Northeast uh, Canada in Nova Scotia. That was crazy. And then, you know, after a few years of, of doing that, I won the Calder Cup in the American Hockey League. I signed with the Montreal Canadiens. Um, you know, my local team, a dream for my family, friends, uh, you know, amazing experience didn't go all that well for many reasons, but it's still, uh, it's, I'm a local kid playing for your local team was pretty amazing. I got traded to the flyers where I'm, you know, big, bad Philly, which was again, tons of amazing experience was a short span to the following year. I end up with the Bruins, um, and you know, throughout the way you have lessons that you can learn, you know, watching how Wayne Gretzky prepares for a game, how Brian Leach gets himself ready, how Rick Tockett work out, works out, um, you know, how, how Sakakoi who competes uh, at every moment. There's lessons that can be learned. And as I got to Boston, you know, I was learning a lot of stuff along the way and it kind of all just kind of started to add up a little. I wasn't that great of a hockey player, but I felt more confident in myself. Uh, and it, it, was, it was at Boston where I think my role kind of with the team kind of set in a little bit better. I think I got a little bit more confident. I think uh, our team was really successful. We had a crazy, amazing team. Uh, oh, from, yeah. you know, like number one, our number one line was like Glenn Murray, Joe Thornton, Mike Knubel, and then number two was Billy Guerin, Stumple, and uh, Samsonov. Then he had Rolston, Axelson, Zam, uh, Zamner. I mean, th those were three crazy lines. And um, fourth line was, you know, whoever got stuck playing with me. But it was just <laughs> such, a, such a real cool experience. And we were winning all the time that the, I guess the writers got tired of talking about the first line that they started throwing my name into some stories, which kind of, so you talked about where I was to where I got to and, and where, you know, my time in Boston, it was a journey that was filled with tons of experiences, but the cherry on the top was those years in Boston. It was just, the, the fans were amazing. The team was amazing. The players were amazing. The people were amazing. And I think back to my hockey career and where it was, where it ended and where I am now, uh, there's nothing that can compare to those years in Boston. Yeah. I mean, like I said, you are like legend here in the sense of how tough you were, what it's like to be a Bruin. And, you know, you talk about Philly being like, you know, 
the Broad Street Bullies and then you talk about the Big Bad Bruins, you basically were that in a whole line. <laughs> uh, little, wasn't Big Bad Bruins, it was kind of Little, <laughs> little Bruin. Uh, it was, um, it was just, you know what, I, I, I had penalty minutes in junior, you know, I was defense, as I mentioned, and I used to try and, you know, back then in this hockey was pretty simple. It was like, there wasn't as much coaching in the game as there obviously there is today with video and everything. And every team had the same stupid breakout. Defenseman would have the puck behind the net. One defenseman and, a, and a, your best player would always swing like this, coming up the coming up like around the circle. And the defenseman would step out from behind the net and hit the best player, almost always on his backhand. Um, and I, as a defenseman in junior, I used to just, run that guy from about you know a mile away elbows up knees up it was a different time and and then you know back then teams had, had tougher guys that come over and and uh beat the snot out of me or try to but i had a big guy named matthew rabbi was my defense partner who saved my ass all the time he saved my ass <laughs> all the and then but sooner or later teams had two tough guys and once matt uh matt was in the the penalty box well then they'd send the next guy after me so uh, after getting beat up so many times, I started to get a little better. As I mentioned before, confidence. The more you do it, uh, the more confident I got. And it led to, um, you know, that becoming a lot more part of my daily hockey role. And when I got to Boston, it was just, you, we were with a team that was so good uh, that they tried to stop us in many ways. And sometimes it was, you know, to be physical or knock Joe Thornton off his game or, or bump Samson off or Glenn Murray. And, you know, I knew at that point from, you know, I think took the time in Philly helped me a lot with this, but everyone has a role. And if our team's going to be successful, I knew what my role was. My role was to whoever's bothering Joe Thornton to get that guy to think about me and not think about Joe. If that guy's bothering PJ Axelson, let Axie skate and let that guy focus his energy or his hate on me uh and it just wasn't big bad bruins mentality i think it was just we all had a role and i think we all knew our role and my role was getting punched in the face it was it was it was yeah. a, it was a cool and the, you know what's so awesome about the city of boston it's one of the wealthiest cities in the world but it's also most blue collar city as well uh so they like you know they like having some beers and punching people in the face so oh, yeah. I, it, oh, it yeah. just, I, I fit in perfectly because, well, I like both of those things. <laughs> well, I tell you, you, you're exactly right. And when Montreal fans came to town, and this is the, the guard in 2011, you know, little yeah. did the guard know it was very easy to sneak into the garden. They just didn't know it. So when you go in there and then there's a bunch of Montreal Canadian fans, they don't just come one, two or three. They come in busloads of, yeah. of fans and, you know, you come in there and yes, they're willing to fight, too. So it's not just on the ice. It's off the ice, too, which is how bad that rivalry was. And I mean, you know how bad it was because you you lived it. So, I mean, it it's just like you said, a blue collar city, but we also will throw down with anybody who comes into our, you know, into our arena and try to start stuff. I mean, like I said, 2011, that was a big year for the Bruins, of course, winning the cup and all that, but it, it's just a great atmosphere and it's so loud. It's deafening. Like when Milan Lucic would hit somebody, you heard that crowd scream or when Tim Thomas would make an unbelievable save, that guy was out of his mind. 
he just knew, he knew how to save anything. He he go to the red line and make a save if he, he could. Was best, I always used to like I was doing TV at that time, and he was I played with Timmy uh, and just great. But I he's just looks like a road hockey goalie, you know, like he had like the the small little pads, and you know everyone was playing the kind of butterfly style, and at that time, and uh, he was just sloppy but made every save you know it's like almost post Dominic Hassett where he was just an athletic goalie he couldn't really look at his style because there was none but he got the save done uh and he did whatever he had to do to stop the puck and that was Timmy Thomas so yeah and the crowd you know it's it's a mentality in Boston uh that's why I love it there it's just uh, and it trickles onto the sports teams. It's the way the city is, and it trickles. You look at the Red Sox. They're like a bunch of badasses, too. When I was, you know, the, they won a couple of World Series during that time when I was there. Um, the basketball team has this mentality of, you know, they're going to punch you in the face. You know, they have, the sports teams have this. I think they really represent the city. I guess the Patriots were okay during that time, too. Yeah, they were all right. Yeah, I think Tom Brady got <laughs> Um, but I think it's, it's one of the cities, uh, Philadelphia is up there, but it's, that's best resemblance of their fans or their people or vice versa, however you want to say that. Uh, but the, the people in Boston just have this special thing about them, um, that you want to play that much harder for them. Um, and just, I, it, it's a kudos to them and the way they live their lifestyles. And you sure as hell did, if you think about it. <laughs> I mean, so I, I didn't know when you, every time you fought or most of the time you fought, you waved instead of like, you know, pumping up or anything like that. So like, I haven't seen that since. So I guess you have a good signature move after a, a, yeah, I, a fight I, victory. I, I, I patented it. It was, uh, you know, I think back, um, shit, you're getting punched in the face. Your adrenaline's going on. I did a couple things over seven years where, it's, it was never, ever disrespectful to the other person. It was never like um, the belt. It was never the belt or it was never like the whatever you wanted or I'm the champ. Or It was just kind of, uh, you know, for the fans. It's, it's like that gladiator moment where you're standing at center ice. And uh, again, a lot of these moments are, uh, I was 5'10", 185, 190 fighting against some guys that are, I don't know, 6'3", 220, and, and your adrenaline takes right over. It's almost this, you know, glad kill or be killed mentality, and you come out of it, and you're like, oh, my God, I survived it. Like, I'm like, you're, cel like, you're celebrating <laughs> with everybody like that, you know, like Russell Crowe, but I'm not knocking anybody else. It was just kind of you're, you're in that moment, and the wave came out of it because I fought Eric Poulton. Um, a lot. You know, or, oh, I fought him a lot, but I fought it. I think it was a bit, or uh, I just remember it was down to the left of their goalie, and it was okay fight, nothing crazy. Uh, Eric punched me a whole bunch of times in the head, uh, and as I was leaving, I just waved to the crowd, and then everyone kind of like I I see the video now of our bench laughing and the people laughing and everyone kind of jumping on board. Well, the next time I got into a fight, uh, it was kind of like everyone I did I did okay in the fight. And on the way to the penalty box, it's like everyone's looking at me. And I'm like, so I second time is kind of like, 
uh, hello? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so it became, I guess, signature. The problem was one night I got the shit kicked out of me by Rob Ray. Um, and he broke a bone in my face. And uh, it's a funny story because you never want anyone to know that you're hurt. But here I am in the penalty box um, with a broken face. And I just want the penalty to, like, you sit there for five minutes, but it's five minutes on the clock, but it was 25 minutes because it was with the whistles and offsides. Right. And right. Yeah. You know, so I, I, anyways, but the, my point is after I fight him, my face is like throbbing and I just want to go somewhere and cry. Um, and everyone's looking at me and I still like, what am I supposed to do? And I'm like, it's at home. I think we're down ones. Uh, so I, I, I put it up anyways. And I still get the, you know, uh, whatever. And I was at the time, that was the problem. Once I got into it, I couldn't get out of it. All I wanted to go was, was to go somewhere and cry because Rob crushed my face in. And then I went and sat in the penalty box because I couldn't let Boston know that I just got my face broken. So I'm sitting in the penalty box, like counting down the seconds, like, please, please. If someone goes offside right now, I'm going to stab them in the eye. I was just going to say, if you, you fucking, don't you go offside. Don't fucking ice the puck. You're pissing me That's off. That's all that thing. And then there was a TV commercial in the middle. It was a five minute. It ended up being 25 minutes. And then I come back to the bench and uh, Robbie Fitzgerald's the coach. He's like, way to go, Stalker. Get back out there. And I'm like, I need Donnie. Donnie Del Negro is still the trainer there. Get me Donnie. Yes. And, uh, but the problem is when you come back to the bench, the camera's always on you. So I couldn't say anything or do anything until I waited for the play to start. Play to start. I called Donnie, comes down, and Donnie looks at my face, and like, there's a big hole in it. Um, so after, you know, after I, I, he's like, okay, we got to go. Let's get out of here. And he's like, I can't leave now. Wait until the play goes to the other end. And then there's like three more stupid offsides right in front of our bench where the camera's on our bench. So I can't leave. So I wait for the play, finally go to the other end, and then I run out and go to see in the trainer's room, they bring a doctor in and they're like, yeah, your face is busted. We got to send you for surgery. So uh, <laughs> it was one of those things where Boston got me to do what I love to do. And there was other nights where I couldn't undo what Boston had created in me because I didn't want to let them know that things didn't go as well as I wanted it to for them. Uh, and that was one of those nights. And that's, that's funny that you say that because, you know, nowadays it's like, somebody does something like an injury like that happens to a player, they do let them get off the ice and bring them to the training room. Yeah, but it's all image, right? It's a different time. I was like, I can't let my section up there, uh, three, what is it, 309 or whatever it was, I can't let them know that I just got punched in the face a bunch and I want to cry. I'm, I'm a badass. I had to go to the penalty box and say, yeah, that's all you got. That's all you got. I got to make sure people think that. Then the moment they turn their eyes, I'm like, oh, that hurts so much. <laughs> I know. Uh -huh. You see, this is why you were Bruins' favorite because you didn't show you didn't show that. And you know, uh, and going back to your celebration, like you know, the wave, like Yager had the salute. I mean, it's pretty much there. Like that's his signature. That's your signature. And yeah. and I thought that was cool. So I mean, I mean, it'll be. I haven't seen it yet, and I hope not to because that's your shit. Then you'll you'll have to fight again. Yeah, I know. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm, I'm content right now. I'm, I'm good. I, I, I fight enough with my kids. Uh, yeah, I agree. A three-year-old stuff to deal with. <laughs> oh, yeah. 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 So, 
I mean, you've probably already been through that. So <laughs> yeah, I've got four that are all teenagers right now. So it's yeah. Yeah. I fight with them stealing all my stuff. That's the issue. So. At least they didn't steal that Jersey up there. <laughs> oh yeah. I got a couple of cool things down in here. Um, my little, yeah, I got some pictures of the peep fight pictures of, uh, most of my times. Actually, I got a real, actually I'll show you a funny one. Hold on. I like it. This goes back to, uh, um, this goes back to when I was in Boston and, uh, as I mentioned, my face got fixed up every now and then and my hands and I used to go see uh, the, the people at Mass General Hospital. Uh, yes. And this is uh, one of my favorite pictures I have. I'm not sure if you can see it, but it says I Mass, Mass General Hospital. shirts. Loves, <laughs> yeah, with the shirts. Mass General Hospital loves PJ. Like, it's like, what am I? Those are the nurses in that, like the best people in the world um, that help put me back together all the time. And there they are at the rink um, with the signs up in the shirts. So that's was, great. Like, from everyone in Boston, from whoever to whoever, they're just, you want to do more for them. And that was uh, the feeling when I had when I played there. I love it, man. And that's how, what I felt. I was like, holy shit. This is what I was saying. Like, holy shit, PJ Stocks coming on the show. Like, like the Bruin. And so with, do you remember January 5th, 2002? Well, YouTube has helped me uh remember it uh you know it's <laughs> it's actually saved my post hockey career a little bit because i my offensive totals were never really there but uh that that fight i think got a a little bit more there's been some other ones that were pretty exciting too but that one there was a saturday afternoon i think like a one o'clock or three o'clock game steve levy darren pang calling the game I think Stevie uh, used to work on, uh, I think it was EB, uh, ESPN or anyways, and it was ESPN or CBS or whatever. Anyways, it was just uh, Steve and Pete and I, and it just fans liked it. The call was great. I remember it. Yeah, yeah you, that was a badass fight, man. And, and like you said, you had fights with Rob Ray and all that stuff. And, yeah. you know, I like you said, YouTube's a great thing. And, you know, you can see you and then I see, and then I see Riley fighting and his, his one punch nails him on the ground. It's like, damn, he, he wanted to fight everybody, huh? That guy. Stephen Peek? No, uh, Rob Ray. Rob, Rob, oh, Roy. Rob Ray. Rob Roy or Ray. Rob, yeah. Rob, Rob was, uh, yeah. Amen. No pictures of Rob down here in the, in the basement, uh, in the cave. Yeah. No. Rob was a tough, tough, tough man. He he seemed like it. And, you know, you and Steve and Pete, too. Like, it seemed like that was a tough brawl with you. I mean, you bloodied up and all that stuff. But and it was pretty awesome. You had the Pooh Bear jersey. Nobody can find those anymore. <laughs> I know. I, I love the Pooh Bear. I love the yellow. It's funny that uh, you go back and uh, yeah, here's another one for you. Uh, you go back and um, here's the the wave in the Pooh Bear. Oh, so you're you're gonna ship that to me, right? I'll pay the yeah. shipping. The wave, <laughs> the wave in the Pooh Bear with Hal Gill in the background. Uh, that's actually 
you know, not a great defenseman. Yeah, how's just again the team was real good. Uh, how was another guy that you know I think a, a local guy that had a, a, an amazing career. I think you we were all together at, at one time and. I look back at how teams are built and how they're built today and the people that were on it. We lost in the first round of the Montreal Canadiens. We should have been in the Stanley Cup finals. That's how good we were. And I think right. it's a, one of the things that I look back in my career that I think I won series, I think, that I think went completely the wrong way. We couldn't do anything right, which doesn't normally happen when you have that many good people together. But that was one of those times. Right. And, you know, that happens too. You know, Bruins win the President's Trophy or the Capitals win the President's Trophy and they lose in the first round. How long it was for Washington to win the Stanley Cup and they would be the best team in the league? Year after year. You know, it's, it, like you said, I mean, you end up 0-0 in the, in the playoffs. You start right over again. So I totally get that. So Mr. 282 penalty minutes in Boston, I have to say that's pretty impressive for those small years you had there. But um, yeah, what, what's, your, what's in store for you now? Like what, what are you going to be doing toward the future right now? So I'm actually doing, uh, I do TV up here in, in Canada, uh, which is, uh, I used to do Hockey Night in Canada and now I'm doing, RDS, uh, a lot of stuff for the Canadians uh, and people in Quebec. And I also do, I started a podcast in October, which I, last year during the uh, pandemic, obviously uh, a lot of things were different and we had to adapt and kind of change things up. And normally I, I, I travel around Canada and, and Northeast States doing a lot of events, uh, which are super cool, get to meet a lot of great people. And a lot of these people that, you know, you meet are celebrities. And to me, you know, I, I love how people make people, other people's celebrities. You know, someone is a little bit faster than somebody else on the, on skates and they play in the National Hockey League and, and you know, it's as if they're a different status. And, and uh, you know, I know actors and entertainers that people just look at these people like they're different people because of, you know, their gifts and they're not. They're all just like you and me and right. and like for nurse friends, you know, we're um, just made a little bit differently, but it's just the one thing we're good at, people kind of, uh, I can't think of the term right now, just separate us and make you seem better. Uh, you know, doctors, nurses, and all these people, they're saving lives every day, and yet someone can skate a little bit faster, and we make them, you know, into kind of heroes. But um, what I decided to do is I go to these events all, all the time. We weren't able to do them last year because everything was shut down because of the pandemic. So I started doing some Insta Lives uh, with like Eric Landross Rayborg, who was awesome. Yeah, yeah. I saw uh, all, saw most of them. Yeah, John LeClaire, uh, into actors, and some, uh, some uh, singers. And it's it ended up getting uh, a lot of uh, traction. And playoffs came last year and I kind of, stopped during the playoffs but uh back by popular demand it's coming back so in october i'm going to go back to it uh, it's going to be on youtube uh we actually from the events that i do i actually now start opening up uh, my own web page which is crazy uh but that's the new world so pj pj-stock.com uh and just it's been uh, a real 
from my time in Boston to where I am now, it's been uh, quite a ride. And it's, it's kind of starting a new chapter coming this October. Awesome, man. And I do have to say it made me laugh when you had those IG videos and Chris Nolan oh. would join your show and you say, Knuckles, you don't have the, you don't have the, you're not in the, the chat. You're not in the Zoom right now. You got to get oh. in. Well, because it was all new, right? It was all right. new. To, right. Like Ray Bork, the funniest was Ray. Ray's like, I call the guys up. Hey, Ray, we're going to have you on. Uh, let's have fun. I'm like, I, the thing is about the way I do it, it's, I never ask them questions that, you know, you never want to, I think a lot of hockey interviews and sport interviews and people interviews, almost the people feel like they're being attacked. Like there's being like poked and they want, and you get, so you get your backup straight and kind of get on the defense. And I think what the guys, uh, what came out of it is the guys loved it and the girls, ladies, uh, because women, sorry, because they seemed like they're just so relaxed. It was chill. It was a drink in hand. You know, Johnny LeClaire is in a lawn chair on his driveway chugging beers, telling <laughs> stories. So, but it's, 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 uh, no one was on Instagram, those guys before. So to get them on was hilarious. So I'm actually FaceTiming uh, Ray while he has his computer up and his kids are trying to help him on his phone after I already called them and told them all what to do. You know, Knuckles Nyland is another one, Chris Nyland, um, Johnny LeClaire, uh, they just, Dougie Gilmore. Uh, it was just really, actually, my first first guest ever was uh, Kenny from the Dropkick Murphys, which is... Uh, oh, that's awesome. Yeah, so lead singer Dropkick Murphys, one of my favorite people ever. Uh, and so he, and he was like my, hey, bud, want to come on? I'm trying to do this, not exactly how this is going to work, but stay with me here and he he was he was awesome he was really good so uh that was and now i'm going to podcast and i'm going to be just like you i need a nice background like you have um i can help you with that i just need one i need an autograph from the legend man <laughs> we'll make that happen awesome man my final question to you and this is a good one my final question to you yeah. is so riles and nasty and well, actually, it's a two-part question. <laughs> one, one is, are you going to fight the gnome? <laughs> <laughs> I, I, uh, I beat him up so many times. Derek Sotomayor, who's talking about, obviously, the, the old uh, trainer with the uh, Philadelphia Flyers, just a great human being. Yeah, he's uh, a great guy. Yeah, I'd I, I, I take him. <laughs> Don't ask I would know I'd run for my life. That guy's a machine. But now he's kind of really zen. So maybe if I, when he's in one of his yoga poses, I sneak in and give him when he's in the downward dog, just kind of one on the back of the schnozzle. Well, he's a he's a character. That guy, he's super chill and just like yeah. you wouldn't think if he was an enforcer if you saw him nowadays. He was so tough. And my final part two is: so have you ever seen the show Always Sunny in Philadelphia? no no okay no so there's a guy on there charlie day and he's his character's name is charlie in the show so when i heard his voice and heard yours when i did it, last year was the first time i ever heard your voice and i put them two together and you sound exactly like them so my <laughs> no, question just... to you now is are you going to watch always sunny so you can see the voice similarity now <laughs> 
got my iPad in front of me and I just quickly put it in. Um, and whose voice did you say it was? Charlie Day. Charlie Day. All right. Well, I'm going to give it its uh, 8.8 on 10 on IMDb, which is 94% Rotten Tomatoes. So it looks like a pretty, pretty good show. Um, oh, it's an I, awesome show. It's funny. I will definitely give it a look now. That's too funny. Yeah, <laughs> I, check it out. And I said, I, I asked them, I said, is he going to be pissed if, that I told him that? And they're like, no, he's not going to be pissed at all. Any me? No, I, I sound like a TV guy. It's perfect. <laughs> <laughs> no, so that's awesome. Yeah, I, I will give it. A, I will definitely give it a look for sure. All right, PJ. Thank you so much for joining the show. I know you've been I, a busy guy. You're a hockey lead through and through, hockey player and analyst. And I told you, Bruins legend, whether you like it or not. So I like it. I love it. I love it. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me on. Oh, thank you. And we'll talk to you again. All the best, buddy. Be good. Thank you. What's up? We the BMG boys, and thank you for listening. Please follow his Facebook page and subscribe to his podcast at Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, and Spotify. Let's go. When it comes to getting dough and chasing dollars.